this is what will set me free. And I think, you know, she comes with a spirit of worship and of adoration and of honor. And I think Simon, there's something of that. There's something of recognizing the greatness, but perhaps also there's seeking, this, there's seeking approval, there's seeking favor. And I just want to hold those two pictures before you, those kind of contrasting attitudes. So they, rec- they both recognized that Jesus was special, but they recognized it in different ways, and their response to that was both quite different. And I wonder sometimes, you know, the woman, she was on her own, wasn't she? She came alone. She came in the stillness of her own heart and her own uh, reflection. She came out of a kind of, I guess, a revelation of who Jesus was and what, she could, what he could do for her. Whereas Simon is surrounded by the crowd of friends. He's surrounded by, um, you know, a group of people who are sharing some beliefs, their kind of culture, you know, they learn off each other. They're immersed in their own environment. So sometimes it's hard to see, you know, the wood for the trees. It's hard to see um, kind of what the truth is compared to what the people around me are believing. And I wonder if sometimes in our own lives we kind of, we're hindered from recognizing the truth in Jesus because of the voices and the noise around us. So... That was recognized. The second, I've I've got R's here today. So if you don't remember anything, try and remember the R's. I think there might be four or five. It depends how far I take it. (laughs) And I'll ask you afterwards. Um, So the first one is recognizing. The second one is repentance. Now, um, the woman, she came with this extravagant show of love. And in that is her recognition that actually... He's the one to forgive sins. He's the one to set her free. He's the one that she comes to um, in humility, in um, not assuming anything of herself, but assuming everything of him, of, of giving all the glory to him. So I would just think that as we go on this journey of fixing our eyes on Jesus, it is a journey of learning to recognize him. And as we recognize him, we repent, which just means turning around, turning towards Jesus, We repent from those beliefs, those kind of mindsets, those impressions that have held us from fully, next R, receiving from him and receiving all that he wants to give us. So recognize, repent, and then I just mentioned that next one, receive. Um... I'm just going to reread the passage because it's good to reread. So I'm going to read it from verse 40. And Jesus said to him, this is, this is Jesus' graciousness towards Simon, isn't it? He recognizes that Simon's got this kind of thing going on inside of him. Um, Jesus doesn't say it, uh, sorry, Simon doesn't say it to Jesus, but Jesus recognizes that. And his graciousness towards Simon is to actually point out, to point out where he's not quite on target. So Jesus said to Simon, Simon, I've got something to tell you. And Simon says, teach me, tell me, teacher. And he says, two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debt to both. Now which of them will love him more? 
And Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. So this, to me, speaks about receiving, receiving God's love of us, receiving his affirmation of us, receiving his forgiveness, receiving the way that he sets us free from, you know, everything that hinders us from the fullness of life that he offers. So recognize, repent, receive. And I'm just reflecting on my own life. I don't know about you, but there's times where I find it really easy to be to have this clarity of God's goodness, that he's good towards me, that he loves me, that everything will be fine, and, you know, he will provide for me. And it might be, you know, when I'm gathered together here on a Sunday morning that that is really clear within me, or it might be just some mornings I'll wake up and have that sense of clarity and joy about that and a sense of peace. But then there's other times, and, and in those times I find it easy then to fix my eyes on Jesus because there's a sense of peace and assurance about it. And other times, I find it really difficult. It might be that there's challenging circumstances. Um, as Phil said, I've just finished my master's course. That's the ninth year of study. Well, not quite nine years of study, but nine years since I started, so um, practiced endurance. Um, <laughs> but throughout that time, there's the ups and downs, isn't there? You think it's, yep, you've got it all together for this and then you totally doubt yourself um, and comp start comparing yourself to other people and that just rocks the boat completely doesn't it and it's at that moment where it becomes really difficult to fix your eyes and how it goes for me is I'm like going this is not nice I feel really anxious inside it's just really unpleasant it feels physically unpleasant as well and I just you know can't find it hard to escape this feeling and then I'm reminding myself you know God's got you this is going to be fine. He has peace. He's my peace. He's my provider. He's my portion. And for about 10 or even five seconds, I managed to grab a hold of that and sit on it, and I'm okay. And then, you know, it all goes out the window again. So it's this kind of practice, isn't it? As a disciple, we're just constantly practicing in our daily life. We're not waiting for the perfect moment. We practice in our daily life to take a hold of thing, those things that he's taken hold of for us. And I've learned also that the good news is even when I can't see him and I can't experience or feel that sense of peace or that sense of um, kind of, you know, it will be all right, that actually that is only my feeling. That is what I'm experiencing. But there is another reality. And that other reality is that with the Father, his good news is not changing. It remains the same. So when am I in that place of feeling anxious or not being able to see um, the truth, just that fact that actually there is another reality is reassuring in itself. It might not be what in this moment I experience in myself. It might not be what I see. It might not be what I see in the lives of those around me. But I'm learning to just keep acknowledging that there is another reality, that there is the Father's reality, there is the Holy Spirit, there is Jesus who together act on our behalf, that they champion for us, that they hold this vision, they hold this inheritance that we have regardless of our feeling, regardless of how we're walking or what we're recognizing. And that is such good news. Like, it is not about our ability to trust. It's not, now it is about our ability to trust because that helps us receive faith. But what God has for us and what we will have for the rest of eternity is about his goodness and about his faithfulness and about what he's won on the cross, which is really encouraging. So if you're feeling, if you're not,
if you're feeling in a place of doubt and being like, I'm not sure if I can even kind of hold on to that truth, the encouragement is he's holding on for you. He, he cannot let it go because that is his nature. That is who he is and he holds all things together. So I just um, wanted to share some kind of tips. They might not, hopefully they're helpful because they're tips. Um, on kind of how we might learn to keep going on this journey of recognizing and receiving. So um, firstly, I'm inspired by the word of God, by the stories, the instruction, the kind of illustration um, that's housed within the word of God. And um, so firstly, for me, I look at the life of Moses. And Moses, you know, he was given this calling from God that was huge, to to lead his people out of slavery, to lead the people of God out of slavery. And there's many times where he kind of like goes around to God and be like, well, I can't do that. I, you know, he gives a billion and one reasons why he can't do that. And every time God is um, reminding him and challenging him to say, actually, I am. God says, I am, I can. Doesn't matter about you. I've called you, I am, and I will equip you. And there's a part in Exodus 33 uh, where Moses been on a journey with God, journeying with him, trust, learning to trust him, then probably having moments of doubt um, and learning to trust him again and actually understanding that I'm going to grow in trust if I grow in friendship with God, if I grow in intimacy, if I grow in knowing him, and if I grow in seeking his face. And that's something that I've definitely learned. If I, tr- if I grow in friendship, I'm going to trust that person, aren't I? And it's an unspoken trust almost. And in Exodus 33, Moses asked to see God's glory. And he's crying out to God to reveal himself. So that's my first tip, is let's have a hunger and to cry out to God to see him, for him to reveal himself to us. Because we, we might think we know this much, we might think we know this much, but however you feel, we know nothing compared to how much he has to reveal himself to us. So... That's a really easy thing to do. Let's cry out to God and ask for him to reveal himself to us. And just like this morning, it's often in the unexpected. It might be as you're walking. It might be as you're in the playground. It might be as you're reading your Bible. God is present with us everywhere. He is able to reveal himself just how is anything, you know, any way, anyhow, and how will speak to you if you ask him and you position your heart in a place to want to receive so that's the first tip. Then the second tip, as we go on this journey, I've kind of talked about you know, having times of real faith and having times of real lack of clarity. And I just want to encourage you that the Bible, again, is full of so many promises of hope, so many promises and words that will meet you where you're at. They'll speak to you where you're at. There's um, one of my favorite, well, I love Isaiah. It's full of promises. It's full of promises of hope. And it recognizes that actually we see something now, but we don't see the fullness. And we're moving towards that fullness. And we trust that what Jesus has done is enough to bring that fullness. And he is doing so. And Isaiah 40 says, Comfort, comfort my people. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Say that her sins have been paid for. And it's this comfort of God that recognizes us, even as we recognize him in our limitedness or not. It's his comfort that recognizes us. So that's two tips. My third, I think, and final tip 
is embrace simplicity. Just going back to that passage of Jesus and this woman. As I said at the beginning, I'm kind of inspired by her simplicity. She has no agenda except to pour out love to him, to give him the worth and honor that he deserves. She hasn't you know, thought about her list of to-dos for today. She hasn't thought about all the other things that need to be done. She hasn't thought about what, you know, how other people will receive this or how other people will judge her, but she goes with simplicity, simply acknowledging that he is Lord and he is King and he is right of our gift and our generosity in our lives. She didn't make things complicated. Her love was clearly easily understandable. She didn't make things complicated, but she came simply to Jesus as Lord and Master and Saviour and recognizing that he was the one to set her free. And he transforms her identity from sinful woman, which is the label that Simon gives, to one who is set free and loved much. And I think that is what is on her mind. She's not groveling about her sin. She's not groveling about her existence. But she is just so captivated and in awe of this freedom and this person and this promise and this offer that is found in Jesus. And I think you just imagine being in that room. Imagine the smell of the perfume. Imagine as the, the quietness comes over the room because people are gradually watching what's happening. They're kind of captivated in awe and probably kind of horror of what's happening before their eyes. And I think this simple worship, this simple love, this simple adoration is um, captivating. I think that it is something that is not, it, it is private in one sense, but it's not because it changes how we are. It changes our behavior. It changes how other people perceive us. And I think this simple love brings, has the power to bring transformation and set others free. So at the end of this encounter with Jesus, Jesus says to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And I just believe that's what the Father wants to say to us this morning. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So um, in a while, I'm just going to give um, a bit of time for us to each receive that for ourselves. It's okay me saying it, but what's so powerful is when you hear the Father and you recognize that for yourself. So I've um, got a song that I'm going to play. Um, and maybe you need to remember those R's. So it was recognize, repent, receive. And I don't know if I mentioned another one, did I? Rest. Because it's about Jesus having finished this work for us. Jesus having done this work to us. And we enter into peace and into rest with him. So good job. I remembered the four R's. Um, so maybe you, when we have some time, you need to repent. Maybe there's voices or noises or ideas you've been listening to in your head that really haven't brought you into the fullness that Jesus has on offer. They haven't brought you into forgiveness. If it hasn't brought you into forgiveness or if it haven't brought you into peace, then God wants to give you something. So turn around from that. Repent. Turn around and look at what he is offering you today. And that will be different for each of us. Maybe you need to hear his affirming voice over you again. Maybe um, 
you know, you've been in an unhelpful situation, like someone like Simon has said over this woman, you know, she's a sinful woman. Didn't you know Jesus? She's a sinful woman. And perhaps that's been the same for you. Someone said something that really is not the truth and isn't helpful, but it's holding you back. And this morning, the Lord says to you, I'm well pleased with you. I'm well pleased with you. I love you deeply. There is nothing, you know, just like that woman when she came to Jesus, all she saw was his love and his grace and his favor and his forgiveness. That's when the Father looks at you, all he sees is love, pure love, the pure love of the Father. And he says to you, I'm well pleased with you. There's no lack. And the way Jesus responds to the woman is not to kind of agree with Simon, not to kind of affirm what he's saying about her being a sinner, but to um, give her dignity, to give her worth, to set her free. And that's the way he treats us. So remember forgiveness. Remember that Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Father work so gently amongst us. They come to bring honor, to bring beauty, and to bring blessing. But I have a final thing. As we're going on this series about fixing our eyes on Jesus, I don't know about you, but I can try really hard at things. I've told you I've done this nine years of training to be an architect, and you have to have quite a bit of trying in nine years. And I can try really hard. I can you know, do my best. I can get the breast program. I can get out of bed, have my quiet time, go and do some exercise, and you know, be Wonder Woman. But I don't think I'm going to see or recognize Jesus like that. It will help, it will be an aid, but it's impossible to do it on our own. So just two things I suggest. One thing is that actually people around us and community is really helpful to go on this journey. They can keep us accountable, they can encourage us, they can show us our blind spots. And secondly, the most important is the Holy Spirit is essential. It talks throughout the Word of God, talks throughout the Bible about the Holy Spirit revealing Jesus to it, the Holy Spirit revealing the Father to us. And without that revelation, you know, I think there was something deep in this woman. There was a deep recognition inside of her about who Jesus was. And the work of the Holy Spirit is to make Jesus known to us in our lives. And he will bring that depth of intimacy, that depth of love, that depth of recognition. And it's over time, it's a journey, it's friendship, it's about going on this walk together. So it is the Holy Spirit that enables us to hear from the Father and to see him and to walk with him. And I feel like he wants to remind us of that this morning. And um, some of the words from the song that I'm going to play say this. When I thought I lost me, you knew where I left me. You reintroduced me to your love. And that I just find is so true. It's so true of the shepherd that comes looking for the sheep. That, you know, when I'm lost in my own emotions, in my own experience, in my own worries, in my own anxieties, I don't have to worry about summoning up who he is. I don't have to worry about kind of striving towards this place of peace because God is so gracious towards us that if we ask, he comes and he reminds us who he is and who we are. Isaiah 30, 15 says, In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. And Jesus says, your faith has saved you. Your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. So I'm going to play this song. And I just invite you just to take some time. Maybe there's one thing that stood out to you of what I've shared. Maybe it was something completely different that you thought about. Um, 
Maybe you feel like there's something you need to lay down so that you can see the bigger picture. But just take this time, listen to the words, and um, then Phil will lead us in a response.
Asked uh, Jess if we're going to play the song again um, and we're going to finish the service with that. Um, but for me, there's been some really important themes I feel that like God's spoken to us about today, and particularly the film about uh, the theme about um, repentance and forgiveness and about entering His presence um, to receive that. I feel that's really been something that God's spoken quite clearly about today. And I just don't want anybody to leave today having not encountered his forgiveness and uh, his grace today. I, I, I just don't want that to happen. So what I'm going to do, we're going to hear the song again, and um, we're going to use this time as a time just to, just to say yes to God, to say, yes, I receive all that you have for me today. And, uh, and then when the song is finished, we're going to finish the service there, and, and that's it. But if you would like prayer um, ab about that, then there's a good time to come in. That song, we've got some people who are very happy to pray with you. If you'd like to just um, have someone stand with you as you say that to him, as you respond to the Father and to his grace. Um, so we, we're very happy to pray with you. Um, also, if, um, if you feel like you would like somebody to pray with you about anything else relating to what's been said today or about um, something else that's healing or um, some other uh, issue for you, then we're very happy to pray with you at, uh, about any of those things as well. Um, and I also feel like if there's a sense that maybe you've um, uh, struggled to really enter his presence for some time, uh, then today's a good day to say, okay, I'll give up struggling. <laughs> I'll I want to I wanna re-enter your presence. I want to say, Father, yeah, okay, I, I, I give up. I surrender to you and say, okay, Lord, have your way in my life today. If, that, if that's for you, then um, we'd love to be able to pray with you as you do that as well. So let's just hear that song one more time and uh, use this time just to say yes. And if, if, that's, if, if those things are not particularly for you at this stage, then just use this time anyway to say, yes, I want to have whatever you've got for me in my life. I want more of you, Father. All right, so let's do that and then we'll finish the service. You go before I know that you've even gone to win my war. You come back with the head of my enemy You come back and you call it my victory Oh, oh. oh you go before I know that you've even gone to win my war, your love becomes 
uh, Tamsin's just uh, uh, felt God prompting her to uh, uh, just to say that um, if you've been in a time of waiting or are in a time of waiting before stepping into what you feel God's spoken to you about, maybe a prophetic word over your life that you're um, stepping into, and that period of waiting um, before you step fully into that, uh, that time of waiting is not wasted, that God is always at work. It's not a wasted time. Waiting is a good time as well, and God's always at work in our lives. I think that's a great word as well. So, yeah, thanks for that, Tamsin. Do you want to add to it? Yeah. Just, it was just from a podcast here this morning, but the key word is um, just that, that and all that's ha- that happening in that waiting time is fragrance to him. That's part of the worship. And just because what you're showing about that fragrance, that that is part of it. That's Thanks, Tamsin. Yeah. Father, thank you so much for your presence. Uh, thank you so much for your grace, your tender heart towards us. Uh, we thank you so much, Lord, that you forgive us and that you wipe away our sins. You set us free and you give us new life. And life with you is um, the best life, Lord. It's an abundant life. And we love being in your presence. So thank you for what you've spoken to us today about. I just pray, Lord, that um, we would um, continue to walk out our lives with you, um, recognizing who you are and, um, and walking out the life that you've called us to in worship. So, Lord, as we walk out from here and as we carry on with our day and our week, Lord, I pray that we would continue to be walking out with you in your presence. I ask it in your name. Amen.